Welcome in Spare Time Bowling Show. Steve Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM The Fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our guy, $2 Phil, Phil Bryla. Follow him on Twitter at Brew City Bowling. Dwight Albrecht here from the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Follow him on Twitter at Dewey300. And of course, being joined now by special guest. He just won the Lucky Larson Masters Tournament. Uh, he is AJ Johnson and just announced going to be having a baby Boy, how about it, AJ? Congratulations, man. Oh, thank you very much. I I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, what uh, you know, what a crazy uh, whirlwind of a few weeks. Um, you know, going over to Sweden, that uh, you know, a place I've been to before and uh, have bowled well at uh, to to come away there with the with the first title. Um, you know, I'm still trying to put it in words. Still trying to. Uh, uh, trying to figure out, you know, you know, how to soak it all in all that good stuff. You know, I'm on the, I'm, you know, I'm on the side of, you know, all the things I've done prior, you know, it feels like I've already done it before. And so it's just, you know, kind of adding another one, uh, to the resume, but, um, but also, you know, with it being, you know, the, the amount of years that I've put into this, the hard work and, you know, the ups and downs and, uh, the dark times, the, uh, the contemplating on whether or not I even still wanted to continue bowling um for a living you know all that goes into all that comes up and and goes into uh goes into play you know when i start thinking about this and then you know we have the last opportunity of the season to win a title and and that's when it happens it's just uh it's just pretty surreal and then and then to to you know add on top of that you know it, it something that's probably you know even more important way more important um you know finding out that Allie and i are going to be parents uh, you know, it just, life has, you know, I said it in my post, you know, life and, you know, the man above just, they have weird ways of, um, working things out, um, and, you know, putting you in positions and giving you things when, uh, when you need them the most. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is, this is huge. Um, I'm super excited. I, I, I was, I was so happy when I found out that it was a boy. First and foremost, I wanted a healthy baby. Uh, right. When, didn't matter um either way but but once we knew we went to a couple ultrasounds and uh and doctors told us that baby was picture perfect and uh everything looked great and then to find out it was a boy i was i was over ecstatic i'm the last male uh in my family so i had i had a lot of pressure on me uh name so yeah it's just it's crazy we found out uh we found out right before the um uh the lucy doubles uh, so we've been keeping it a secret for a while, um, more so on Allie's end. I was always the one like, hey, you want to start telling people? You know, I, <laughs> I'm starting to get a little excited for it or whatever. But um, she's like, no, I want to make sure everything is good and we're doing, you know, all the right things and make sure there's a heartbeat and all that good stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, we found out right before the Lucy, kind of kept it a secret. And then about two weeks or so before Sweden, uh, we went to a few doctor's appointments, met the doctor, did ultrasounds and all that good stuff. So then we started telling people and uh, uh, we told my parents right before we went over to Sweden and we told them that they had to keep it a secret from my sister <laughs> oh. for the entire time. So that was uh, that was that quite... wasn't easy for your mom. There's no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, especially with, you know, going to Mason's football games and, you know, going over to see the going to see Juliana and just the time, yeah. you know, I my family's all really close. So we spend a lot of time together. Um, you know, we all, 
support one another and everything. So they they're they're over there quite often. So for them to keep that a secret was uh, was pretty cool because my sister was not very happy with me that she found out that she was one of the last ones of the family to find out. So <laughs> AJ, I got I got I got a quick story for you here. I'm gonna get to bowling. So had two older kids, right? And then we had what would have been what is now the seven year old. So the the second child, uh, we tell the kids, okay, we're having a baby, blah, 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 all that stuff. We're like, now don't tell anybody. We hadn't told our parents yet. Nobody knew but the kids. And a buddy of mine who uh, I used to work with, Rami Makloff, who was out in Sacramento, Minnesota, but when, at this point he was here, he would always go out drinking or whatever else. He lived in Kenosha. And instead of driving back to Kenosha, whatever, he would just come over to our place over here in West Dallas mm-hmm. and, and sleep on our couch or whatever the case may be. So I'm at the radio station doing our Brewer post game show. He goes, I have, I'm, I'm a crash over by you guys today. And I was like, that's fine. My girl's like, yeah, that's fine. Come on over. So he comes over, he goes into the boys bedrooms. They had bunk beds. He like falls back on, on the youngest bunk bed. And he's sitting there playing video games. He's like, Hey, did you hear mommy's pregnant? And my body apparently sat straight up in the bed, looked out into the living room, and she starts laughing. And she goes, Yeah, she goes, Holy crap. Uh, so I got home. He runs to the door, gives me a hug. He's like, I never got so sober so quick in my life when I heard that. And he knew before my, our parents, nobody else knew. And I was like, Dude, you can't say anything to anybody because you're the first person to know right. outside of the kids. So congratulations. Now, the next one, if you have a next one, Good luck keeping it a, a, a secret from everybody. What's your son knows? Oh, I know. I know. It's going to be so tough. And I actually thought, uh, so I hadn't told my, my grandfather, um, you know, and he, he was, he couldn't have been any more excited because, you know, his name is carried on and everything. So uh, I hadn't told him yet. And when we told my sister and my niece and nephew, my niece, uh, who's eight, I, she just, she has no care in the world. She just lets it fly. And she can be kind of a, she could be kind of a butt-headed sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, I promise you, I go, if you tell Big Pop in the morning when he picks you up for school, there will be zero Christmas presents under the tree for you. Here. <laughs> and she was like, what? You can't do that. I said, oh, watch me. <laughs> That's beautiful. So Allie tells you right before the Lucy, end of July, mm-hmm. beginning of September, you're flying to the Lucky Larson. Does that that time period, what changed in the, did anything change in the mental, like going into a PBA tournament? Because, okay, the first one, you might be kind of shocked and happy and everything else. And you, you always usually do pretty well at the Lucy and uh, with your partner, Aaron McCarthy. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, you got this, this different kind of responsibility sitting on your shoulders, going into the lucky Larson did in a, in a, in a different format on top of it, those little six game blocks. Did, did anything change in the mental, like going into the tournament itself? Um, you know, looking back in, yeah, I would say, you know, once we found out, like when we first, when we first found out about everything, I was still kind of in that. All right, well, we have the test. It's like, okay, it's, it's starting to get a little real, but then it was right before the Lucy when we did the ultrasounds, I was like, all right, well, there's definitely something in there. So this is about as real as it gets. Um, so it was kind of hard before the Lucy, cause you know, that was when we first found out and, you know, we, um, I, we were, we were really keeping it a secret from everybody and not telling anyone. And, uh, you know, people are coming up to Allie at the Lucy asking her if she wants to drink. And <laughs> so, like, it's just, it was just, you know, crazy, it, 
crazy turn of events and everything. But yeah, before the before the Lucky Larson, you know, when everything came real, it was like, you know, things are different now. Like I have a whole new, I have a whole new purpose. Um, I have a whole new uh, reason for doing this. And, um, you know, I've, I, my nephew was around for a long time when I started bowling. Uh, he was born when I was still in college. So he got to see a lot of the majority of what I was doing. So, but I think it's different when it's your own. Um, you know, I've been, I, I've been working really hard at trying to fix a lot of things, uh, mentally, my approach at it, uh, you know, during the heat of the, of competition and whatnot, uh, you know, and through the tournament, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, you know, if Allie was sitting right next to me, she would look at you and go, yeah, this, she goes, it was, it was not pretty to get there. You know, I vented to her. I, you know, she got mad at me. Uh, it, because I got mad at myself and, and I was, I was bowling relatively good, but I was just mad at myself for, for causing, you know, bad shots or things when I knew what I had in, you know, in a certain game or I knew what I had, um, you know, bowling in that, in that block. Um, so it definitely wasn't pretty to get there, but, but um, you know, I just kept reminding myself like throughout the tournament, like you have a whole new pers- purpose, you have, you know, a reason to just keep fighting. And, you know, whenever your son or daughter, cause at that point we didn't know what we were having, um, you know, what, what is, what is they going to say, you know, about dad looking back at, you know, what he went through, you know, does the dad keep fighting? Did he keep going? Did he keep doing everything? So it's, uh, it's given me a whole new outlook, a new purpose. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, I think it's, things are just going to continue to get better um, going forward. We're going to go back then a little ways. And first off, congratulations so much on your first win and getting the monkey off your back. One of the greatest things I got a chance to do was call a lot of your shows with Phil when you used to bowl Phil's, what was it called? The Midwest? You Challenge Tournaments, you, yeah. You challenge and tournaments, and yeah. I was brought on for the color. And I always said on the shows that watch this AJ Johnson kid, he's going to end up being a pro someday. So that was the real cool thing for me is watching your shows and calling your game. When did you know AJ that you were ready for tour? Um, you know, obviously I, you know, I owe a lot of thanks to Phil in the, in the tournaments that, that he ran uh, when I was younger, giving all of us um, the opportunity to bowl, many times. And then, you know, sometimes even bowling on, you know, TV, it was, we got early experience to that, that not a lot of kids get exposure to. So, Phil, I appreciate that. And, and the you, hard sir. work that, that you guys did to, to give us those tournaments. Um, I, I had a lot of success, you know, at every level, youth, high school, college, uh, regional. So I, I like, it was always those stepping stones and I think the one that I always look back at as to like, you know what, I, I'm, I think this is, I think I'm going to make this a career was when I made the master show um, as a senior in college. Uh, I, uh, I got to bowl that event uh, being a part of team USA. And um, you know, I went there with one of my college teammates uh, who also bowled the event as well. And, and, and my father as well, he, he came up there with us and, Going through that tournament, winning all the matches, going undefeated in, in that bracket is extremely hard to do. Um, and being the one seed, you know, after bowling, you know, Belmo the night before and beating him to get the one seed, now I got to bowl him to win the whole darn thing in one game. So um, 
that that whole event and that that time, you know, pretty much proved to me that this was what I was going to do for for a career. And and everyone around me in my circle, you know, told me, yeah, this is this is the avenue we need to go. But hey, by the way, you got class at nine a.m. Monday morning, so let's get back and yeah. finish school, and then uh, and then we'll figure it out. Um, but after I graduated, I the night. The day of my graduation that night, I actually flew to my first PBA event as uh, as a member. Actually, I was not a member yet. I got I got a commissioner's exemption um, to bullet because I, I was becoming a member. But I graduated. I went to dinner with family and then I hopped on the plane and flew to Oklahoma to bowl my first event. So um, it was uh, it's pretty cool. And I think that was when, you know, I'm like, yep, yeah, this is this is it. This is what we're doing. Okay, so when you get to tour and you're young and you're out of college and so forth, who are the guys that kind of take you under their wings a little bit and kind of show you the ropes uh, early on here that's been instrumental for you? Yeah, I uh for very fortunately I got to um I got been a part of Team USA for a long time. So I've I've gotten to be around some of those guys um that have been around for, you know, a lot longer than I am. You know, I don't mean to age them at all, but uh, no, they're old. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, being around uh, Tommy, uh, Chris Barnes, you know, guys that kind of took me when I first made the team when I was when I was a I think I was a freshman. Yeah, I was a freshman in college the first time I made Team USA. So, wow. you know, kind of learning, um, you know, learning from them. And whenever I would go to camp, when those guys were on the team, I would just you know go about the business we had to do. And I would keep quiet and listen, you know, listen, pick up on things that they're doing, what they're talking about and how they see things. And so I was uh, very intentive or intensive when, uh, when I was at, or I had those times with those guys. Um, but then you get on a tour and, you know, one of my best friends that we still room together to this day is Marshall Kent. Oh. Uh, he actually bowled on tour. He started bowling on tour a year before me. Um, so we uh, we kind of bounced ideas back off of one another and uh, helped each other out, you know, whenever necessary uh, early on. Uh, but, yeah, I would say, you know, when I was younger, looking up to, you know, Chris Barnes and Tommy Jones and Bill O'Neill, um, you know, I had a lot of great conversations with Bill O'Neill when I was on the team, uh, with Team USA, and and put a lot of things into perspective. And, uh, and Bill kind of related to – you know, fast forwarding to where I am now, he kind of related to what I went through in that, you know, seven years without winning because uh, he went through simil uh, a similar time frame. Um, so having those kind of mentors and having those guys that are now Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers um, was uh, was pretty special. And I, you know, I still look back at those. I still revert back to some of the things that were said and uh, the conversations had. Um so it's it's definitely helped a lot. So when Sean Rash won Bowler of the Year back in the early 20 teens, uh, he said I could win with any bowling ball in my hand, any bowling ball company. I'll make ball great balls. You were with Storm, then you're with Evanite, now you're with Motive. Is that still true today? Like you guys, like you've been through all the companies, you know all the different equipment, that kind of thing. What's the difference between having Motive in your hand and having Storm in your hand for you this year? Was that a main reason why you won and? You know, it, it's a question like a lot of people that are in the know know it's the answer, but people are new to the sport. Does it really matter what bowling ball you have in your hand or what, what has motive done? That's, that's got you over the top. 
Uh, you know, sure. That's, you know, that's a great question. You know, I feel, I feel like at the, at the highest level of any sport, um, the athlete can utilize whatever is at their discretion to, to get the job done. Um, you know, if you look at golf, I'm a big golf fan. I, I played a lot or at least try to play it a lot. And, um, I, I follow it quite a bit. You know, sometimes Allie gets mad at me when I'm watching tournaments and stuff when I've got <laughs> it up on my phone. So, uh, but, uh, I feel like if you were to take any, you know, any of the golf clubs that those that are in professional golf, the companies that make clubs for those guys, at some point in time, those guys are going to figure out how to win with those clubs. That's like, that's what bowling balls are for us. They're, they're different. They're tools for us to use right. when bowling. Um, and at, at our level, I feel like no matter what company any of the guys are with, that they're going to figure it out. You know, I, like I said earlier, I, I bowled at a lot of different levels and at every different level, I was using a lot of different bowling balls um, and had a lot of success with them up and, you know, always up until this point. Um, but I can't say enough great things about everyone at motive. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wilbur family, Scott mm-hmm. Hewitt, Brett Spangler, um, from the top to the bottom. I mean, those guys have, those guys are some of the most amazing people in our sport. Um, they're some of the most generous people in our sport and they, from day one, they have believed in me and given me the Avenue to, you know, whatever I needed, um, to get better. Um, they've never, they never say no to their players. They listen to their players. Um, and when we give them feedback on what we're seeing on the lanes, um, and then Brett just, Brett facilitates all that. Um, I don't think Brett gets enough credit when we're bowling on tour for the eyes that he has at seeing what guys are doing on the lanes, um, whether or not we're on the right side of it or the wrong side of it and getting us to stay ahead of, you know, the transition and also who we're following. Um, Along those lines, oh, along those lines, the three gutter balls and the cheetah championship going into the commercial break. If you don't have Brett Spangler, do you come back and win that match against Buttruff? I, I I don't know. I don't know that I would, uh, because I came over at that break and I and I, I stood next to Brett and and Brett looked like he had no worry in in what was going on. And I would came back and you know I and I would be like. I, I was furious. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you doing, AJ? Like, what? What is going on? You, you both so on this, and it you're just making stupid shots. And Brett kind of got me, you know, back circled around, and he goes, "Hey, the way I see it, you got some. You got a way to make a crazy story out of this." And and he goes, "All the way I see it is, if it stays on the lane, it pretty much is going to strike." So he goes, "Let's go make a story out of this." And he goes, "Just whole new game." You just make ten, uh, the next grade shots and what will happen, what will happen. And without him being able to kind of bring me back down for a minute and get me to focus back in on that, you know, I, I don't know that I win that game. I don't know that, you know, people get to see that comeback on TV um, or in person. And uh, and I think when I when I made the switch to motive, um, I had never thrown a motive ball in my career. Uh, and I had gone and, and tested some bowling balls and I was pleasantly surprised in, uh, in what I saw. Um, it was, it was a little bit different motion, but they did something that fit my eye really well. 
And the one thing that I did like with, uh, with their stuff that um, I hadn't seen was for whatever reason, it, they keep the pins a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So some other, some other bowling balls, you know, in the past where I've, you know, they go through the pins, the pins kind of fly and they go up, you know, kind of over the top or right. fly around a lot. The motive stuff kept, keeps the pins a little bit lower and, and they make contact with one another a little bit more. So that was, uh, that was nice to see, you know, hopefully uh, when you see that, that's kind of tells you, you know what, hopefully I get a little better carry out of, out of that. Um, but they, when I first signed with them, they, you know, I had a, I had a couple weeks of transition period, you know, where I was learning what the balls were doing on tour. Um, and then my third week with their company, I made, I made, I made a show and, um, it was, it was a, uh, I'm trying to think the best word, you know, to use, it was a, uh, um, you know, kind of a relief of seeing like how quickly I was able to adapt, um, you know, to that change. And, you know, without the help from Brett and Nick Parr and the Wilbers and, and trying to figure out what, you know, which ones work best, what, lay, you know, layouts and things like that so quickly, I, I don't know that I have that. Um, and then, you know, there's been so many people that have come up to me and said, you know, the motive balls are all great for you. Uh, the stuff is good, you know, for what you like to do and, and how you like to see the lanes. Um, you know, Rod Ross was one of those guys that he thought it was just going to be, you know, one of the best things I had done so far. And, uh, and it turned out, you know, within the first few years, I had started having a lot of success with the motive stuff and they just continue to make better bowling balls. Uh, they continue to, to roll out great, you know, great covers and core combinations um, COVID actually helped motive in a way, uh, they were able to figure out the tricolor, um, covers. And then also they were able to do a lot more research on how to make their, the shinier covers a little bit better, um, in the oil. And, uh, and I think it's, it's transitioned. And I think it's shown, uh, from a lot of us that our, our arsenals have gotten a lot more complete. Um, there's, there never seems to be a hole, uh, that I have, there never seems to be, a gap where I feel like, you know, I, man, I just really wish I had this right now. I, I don't, I haven't found myself saying that, um, hardly at all. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, and the other part of it too, that I think is a, is a big help is that it's very simple. Our, our ball progressions, um, our ball chart, it's very simple. It makes our decisions a lot easier. Um, there's not a whole lot of complexity to it you know, where you have multiple, you know, brands and trying to figure out which ones work well and, and having so many different options, you know, it sometimes it can get a little confusing, but, yep. um, you know, with what we have and, and what we're doing, it just makes things simple and, um, everything is very clear cut. And, and as long as they keep rolling out the ones that they're doing and they keep rolling out the bowling balls that they're making, uh, they're just, it's just going to continue to get better and, uh, help me stack wins on top of the one I just got. I agree. Scott Wilbur is one of my buddies, um, and I talk to him all the time. And uh, I'll tell you right now, he is so passionate about the sport and such a caring man. Um, you're not going to meet another guy like him. So, yeah, the guys at Motive are just wonderful, wonderful people, and I've dealt with them for decades. He's, he's never gotten Scott on the podcast. We've How never had Scott Wilbur right. on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Like, really? I didn't the even prob- know you even knew him. <laughs> the problem if we get Scott on the podcast, and AJ knows this, it's going to be an hour show. That's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, 
talking about staff positions and sponsors, another one I see on your shirt, which is near and dear to my heart, and they're good friends of mine, is KR Strikeforce out of Chicago. And uh, Mike Stout and Brad Handelman, uh, two of the nicest guys that you can ever meet. How uh, important is uh, sponsorship and staff positions for up-and-coming pros that are trying to get their name built? Oh yeah, they're they're hugely important. You know, they uh, they a lot of a lot of the guys at at the top. You know, we all have spots that you know sponsorships that are paid and everything like that, and so they help and. As guys continue to come through the ranks and continue to go on tour and have some success, you know those those things start to happen a little bit more. Um, and recent and KR was just the most recent one uh, that I had signed with this year, and uh, we had done some things prior. They started making shoes for Motive. Yep. Um, at the time, I you know I wasn't with anybody, so I said you know if you guys want, I'll. You know, I'll wear the motor shoes and show them off and tell everybody about them. I said, hopefully you guys end up making a white pair. So this was before they made the white and lime green ones. Um, and they're like, yeah, we're, you know, we're working on something. And so fortunately that year that I wore those was the year I made, you know, almost every major TV show, uh, you know, was on a couple of different other shows. And so uh, it made a run at the playoffs. So they, uh, they really enjoyed that, you know, I guess, early exposure to something new. Um, and then it just turned into a, a bigger deal with them and, and, a, um, and a great relationship. You know, I go league with a couple of guys that work in the office. Um, I've been college friends and buddies with some of the guys that work there for a long time. So it, it's, it's very much like a family with them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's getting bigger and better. You know, the rollout of the new, uh, the new collection line. Yeah. Uh, just announced a pair of shoes for the, for breast cancer uh, awareness in October. Um, and, and they're, they're still planning on doing more things going forward. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to them um, and being so close to home uh, with where their office is. It's uh, it, they kind of have the, the hometown kid, which, uh, which is pretty cool, but yeah, they, uh, they, they do great work. They're, they're always looking for ways to promote, um, yes whether that be the players, whether that be the brand myself, you know, they're always looking for ways to promote and get the name out there and, and do different things going live. Um, you know, I do a newsletter almost every week. I, I, I didn't get to the one last week. I was, I was a little busy coming back from Sweden, but um, I, uh, I do a newsletter every week with KR where uh, I, you know, I type up a, a whole thing, you know, and it could be tips for league. It could be tips for, you know, preparing for tournaments or whatever. And, it, or it's also just, uh, you know, giving people an insight as to what I'm doing out on tour or what I'm doing away from tour, um, giving them a little insight into my life and, and things like that. Um, and that goes, and, and they are very, they, all I got to do is send it to them and they just, they send it out to everybody that's subscribed to the mm -hmm. newsletter. Um, and that just, that's just the things that they do. And they, yeah. uh, and they're great people. They're, They've done a lot of good things for uh, for me. Yeah, one thing that I wanted to also mention, um, Sparky probably heard his name, but Mike, if you're another sports, uh, like it sounds like you are, AJ, Mike Stout's son is the famous Eric Stout baseball pitcher. Nice. Yeah, so he's been in and out of the majors, and so um, we're always pulling for him because Mike talks about him all the time. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, AJ, I remember when, and I always tell this story on this podcast and have since we, this, this show was back in the day was a radio show for a decade uh, on Sunday mornings here on the station in Milwaukee. 
um, and then stuff happened. But either way, uh, so back then I would always go to the World Series of Bowling and covered uh, out at South Point uh, in Vegas and do the interviews uh, as each person would get eliminated or win the tournament and so forth. So I got to know EJ Tackett right when he kind of burst onto the scene in the PBA Tour. And I remember uh, talking to him uh, doing an interview and he said, I got a lot of guys that are probably as good or better than me that decided to go do something else with their life because right. they didn't feel the money was good enough on the PBA tour and didn't want to chance it. So they went on to do other professions uh, and so forth. I grew up bowling in Kenosha and grew up bowling around a lot of really good bowlers uh, back in the day, but same thing. Couldn't find sponsorship, whatever the case may be, never kind of pursued it. That was years ago, right? But where we are now with this Fox deal and everything else uh, and now seeing sponsorship slowly, but surely starting to come on board here, like Snickers and some of these other guys, is the money now to the point where maybe we're getting to the point where the PBA is now going to start having these top bowlers not being as hesitant, maybe to kind of chase the dream and get on tour? Yeah, I uh, I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, I I totally understand where some of them are coming from. You know, 15 years ago or so, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, you know, where it was, you know, the the decision was, you know, higher risk than higher risk than reward. Um, you know, I, I always had wanted to be a professional athlete, no matter what, what it was in. And so when I, when I had that happen and you know, I made that decision, I committed to it, uh, regardless, but now, you know, we're seeing, I think over the last, you know, six years or so with Fox coming on board, um, Bolero, uh, taking over and kind of going after, you know, when Coley Edison was, you know, was in charge, you know, she went after a lot of bigger name sponsors that, you know, we hadn't really seen before. We, Kia, uh, Snickers, Red Bull, uh, Manscaped. Uh, we had, um, now I have guaranteed rate. Uh, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of bigger names that are being brought into the bowling world. You know, obviously you can, there, you can always do more. There's, there are bigger companies, there's bigger sponsors that have a lot more money, you know, that we're trying to go after. And hopefully one day they see the value in bowling to say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to get in involved in that. Um, but, uh, but even with what it is right now, I mean, for the first time, and I don't know how long all of our majors are paying six figures for first. Um, the, the prize funds are being dispersed down a lot more than what they used to be. Um, so it's, it's a lot more advantageous now for guys to come out, you know, those top players in college coming out of college and joining the tour, um, you know, we're seeing it now with, uh, with Chris Barnes's kid, Ryan Barnes, he, he, he's been bowling a ton of stuff on tour. He was just bowling in, in, uh, Sweden. Um, he's been traveling with Chris a few times to go bowl some other events. He bowled the, the PBA doubles event with Chris. So you're where I'm, you know, we're starting to see more of these, these higher echelon college players bowl more tour events because it is more advantageous now. Um, they do see, you know, those those prize funds and they see the, the the numbers and how much higher they are now than what they were, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. Um, the uh, the Fox deal was huge for us. I think uh, they the, the biggest thing for us is viewership on TV. Right. So, yes. And in, in, in past, it may not have been as high because we were on, you know, as good as ESPN was. And it was cool to say, hey you know, tell my buddies I was on ESPN and they're like, what, seriously? So as good as that was, we struggled with, 
um, you know, fighting with football on Sundays. You know, everybody watches the pregame show on ESPN. And then as soon as noon comes around, they turn it off ESPN and go to CBS or Fox and we're bowling on ESPN. So it, it was tough to get that viewership, which turns into sponsorships, which turns into dollars from, from corporations and companies because they, they want to see that viewership. You know, how, how many times is my logo going to be seen on TV? Right. That's, that's what they care about. So when we had to compete with all that, it was, it was a lot tougher with Fox. Fox covers a lot of sports and Fox wants to have all the sports going. And so now we don't have to compete with all these bigger sports. So we get more exposure. Um, I I don't know the exact numbers, so don't quote me on it, but I want to say like there was a TV show. It was live on Sunday on ESPN and it, it got, like 1.2 million viewership. Well, that same show fast forwarded, you know, four or five years later on Fox got 4.5 million viewership or higher five or maybe five and a half or something like that. You know, it, that just because we're not competing with another major sport and we have our own time slot, the viewership increases exponentially. Um, and, and so the other I, thing that helps is the FS1 repeats. You guys never got that on ESPN. Absolutely. Like, the, like this past weekend, Fox, you know, FS2 had had bowling on once again. Right. Absolutely. I know I've walked into some places like uh, Texas Live out in Dallas um, uh, or Ballpark Village in St. Louis, and they've got multiple TVs going on. And one of those TVs could be on FS1 or whatever, and it's, you know, later on, and there's a replay of bowling. Yeah. And we we'd never had that before. And – um, so it just, it, all of those things combined have, I, I believe turned into, you know, where we're at now with the price ones being higher, we're bowling for a little bit more money on, especially on top and it's dispersed down a little bit better. And I, and I think going forward, I think they're going to continue to push the envelope with, uh, you know, companies that have more money and trying to get, you know, the bigger names involved. PBA league is coming up soon. Uh, you're bowling with the Las Vegas High Rollers. How excited are you for that format and for the crowd? Go Pounders! Uh, go Pounders! Go more uh, Pounders! I'm, I'm stoked. Now, yeah, the the High Rollers have uh, we finished second and third in our uh, first two years as a team. So uh, we we've been we made the final match our first year, and then uh, and then last year we we lost the match to get into the final match. So. We're looking forward to uh, to capitalizing, uh, especially since we are the only team to bring back the exact same team that we had the year prior. Cool. Um, but I I look forward to this event every single year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love bowling with a team. I love bowling in that atmosphere. It, you know, when you go to a football game or baseball game, you know you can hear the roars from the crowds. You can hear the the cheering and the the yelling and the the bantering or whatever you want to call it. Um, and we get that when we go to Bayside, we, we hear all that, you know, we get booed if we miss a single pin, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, but they, they cheer, you know, for all of us, you know, no matter what they tailgate before the event. Uh, so it's, it, it's just, it's so much fun. And I think a lot of guys really look forward to this event. Um, it's loud. Uh, people can hear that through the TVs. Um, and it's just, it, it, you see, you see a lot of things kind of come out of players that you probably wouldn't normally see, you know, in a right. singles event, in a normal event. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, what better way to 
to finish the year off with uh, holding the Elias Cup with uh, with the Las Vegas High Rollers. Oh, I don't, I don't know, man, because you got a bonus <laughs> event out in Portland. You finished in the top three on the on the exempt squad for the PBA LBC National Championships. You're on yeah. that class shootout, man. That's sixty grand and the Duke on top. I mean, that's that's got to be a nice little mm-hmm. you know backstory coming to to Portland for you. And you know, what would it mean to take that Duke tro- trophy yeah. home with you? I can tell you one thing. It would make Allie very happy because we would have diapers taken care of forever. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, one-ball class format, too. I mean, does it does that change the attitude coming in? Yeah, you know, it's I, it's a different format. I haven't I haven't bowled in that kind of format, uh, you know, especially on TV. But uh, I think it's pre- I think it's cool. It, it's a different opportunity that that Bolero has given us. Um, you know, very fortunate to make the make the show for that first and foremost, but, um, you know, it'll be fun. There's some guys bowling in that, that have uh, a lot of success or have had a lot of success that are great bowlers, hall of famers. Um, but some of them have an experience Bayside. And so I'm hoping that when, uh, when we get to Bayside and we bowl that TV show, that true Bayside comes out and they're yelling and they're cheering and they're, you know, getting loud and stuff because some of the guys haven't experienced that. And, and I think some of us that have bowled there, can have a little bit more success um, and not get as intimidated by it uh, because we've embraced it. We've been around it. We've been in it before. Um, so it'll be, it'll be fun. I, I just hope that the the people of Bayside and, and everyone there just shows up for that show and gets loud and, and is ready to go for that one as well, because it'll be, it'll be cool. And I think, I think there is some, there's some added, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's um, some added motivation with the Duke Trophy uh, being awarded at Bayside, and which is the place that Norm Duke threw his last ball of competition. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I'm getting chills like just thinking about it. You know, being able to host hoist that trophy uh, where he threw his last ball uh, is just, you know, it, it's unimaginable. Um, you know how how it played out. We call Bayside Bowling, Bowling Heaven on this podcast, uh, and I believe it to be true, AJ Johnson. Hey, man, congratulations, baby yeah. boy. Uh, good luck in PBA League, and I'm sure we'll get you down the line. And like I told you off the air, I'll get you some baby boy clothes if you need it. Now that you're, now that you're moving awesome. closer. I'll, we got you. We got you, AJ. I love it, man. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You bet you. Have a good one. There it is. Spare time bowling. So make sure to download on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. 